Welcome to Green Energy Futures. I'm David Dodge. On today's show, we get away from our typical fare of turbines, electricity, and power plants to talk about the most energy-efficient mode of transportation on the planet. We're talking cycling. While some cities dabble in cycling, Vancouver could be called Bike City. If success is getting people off their tushes and riding bikes as transportation, then Vancouver must be doing something right. I'm Jerry Dobravani. I'm Director of Transportation here at the City of Vancouver. He's a soft-spoken former football player who took up cycling to stay in shape and to get better at his job. The reason other cities look lustfully at Vancouver's bike infrastructure is simple. They put in projects that ensure anyone from 8 to 80 years old feels comfortable riding their bike. It's more than just lines of paint on a busy street. All of our facilities will be designed for all ages and ability, so it will be appropriate for non-confident cyclists, for children, for seniors, for women, and people that, that are interested. We know that there's many people that are interested in cycling, uh, but they're not comfortable riding next to cars. And so by building an all ages and ability network throughout the city, we feel that we can get that 60% that we know from studies that are interested in trying to cycle, but they're just concerned about riding next to cars. We feel confident that we can get them out on their bikes. Bikes run on fat, and save you money, while cars make you fat and cost you money. We didn't come up with that line, but it's the quickest way to point out the cost savings and health benefits of cycling. However, there are also reductions in pollution. According to the European Cycling Federation, a car emits as much as 14 times more carbon per passenger kilometre than a bike. Done right, investment in cycling infrastructure increases bike use, decreases car use and eases congestion. Showing that a project like the Dunsmuir Viaduct resulted in four times the number of cyclists using that corridor. Showing that a project like the Burrard Bridge had a continued growth of 25% and continues to grow year over year. Looking at the impact on business on some of these corridors and looking at the vacancy rate going from 10% vacancy down to 2% vacancy after the separated bike lanes were installed. Building bike boulevards, green bike turning boxes, separated bike lanes, and ensuring that bike routes actually take cyclists where they want to go has helped Vancouver increase cycling trips 180% in 15 years. Fully 12 out of 100 trips taken in Vancouver today are on a bicycle. Heather Deal is a city councillor and she says the turning point for cycling in Vancouver was a decision to do the unthinkable to close a car lane on a bridge. A couple of years ago, we made the decision to close a lane of the Burrard Street Bridge to cars and make it a bike lane. That was a game changer. Things since then have changed. That was the first time we took space away from cars. I was assigned the media. I thought this is the last time I'll ever get elected because I'm going down over one kilometer of one lane for traffic. When the bridge was ready to reopen, it was a big event. There were traffic helicopters circling overhead, and radio stations had put up a booth to interview the inevitable angry drivers. And we cut that ribbon, and we cycled across that closed lane, and nothing happened. There was no traffic backup. There was no Armageddon. Chaos did not ensue. The city survived, and so did we. We went on to get re-elected and build more lanes after the next election. You can find photos and video of our trip to Vancouver, as well as links to our Facebook page and Twitter account at greenenergyfutures.ca. Thank you for listening. I'm David Dodge.